Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, where, as usual, you find two of us around the desk of insight to present to you our thoughts on matters of the moment from the hotel investment space. Uh, by the two of us, I mean myself, Chris Bound, the editor of Hotel Analyst, and Andrew Saxter, the editorial director at Hotel Analyst. Uh, as ever, what we are talking about is a, uh, a verbal summary of uh, what we give our subscribers in far more detail uh, in writing. Uh, it's round two of uh, third quarter results, and so uh, there's a few more of those to go through this week. And we're going to start off by having a quick look at Marriott, Wyndham, and Choice, their big American-based brands. Um, Marriott and Wyndham with much more of, a, of an international presence than Choice, um, but all three uh, quarter, third quarter results were much better than expected. Um, Wyndham and Choice are already performing substantially better than back in 2019 uh, in the in the home market of the US, um, where it seems that uh, the select service uh, offerings they have are performing much more strongly than the uh, more higher end uh, balance of the portfolio of Marriott. But uh, all three declaring themselves very happy with uh, the way things are turning out. The uh, new normal in America is starting to look very much like the old normal, only perhaps even a bit better. Um, and they're all returning to profit, returning to well, Choice and uh, and Wyndham already delivering dividends to their shareholders. Marriott uh, perhaps a little bit slower off the mark on, on that. Um, things look fairly set fair. Any worries, any concerns, Andrew, or are they uh, well, just coming back stronger? Well, <laughs> there's, there's always worries regarding the um, return of um, the virus, I think. But, uh, um, I th you know, what we've seen in the UK certainly is actually, uh, despite not having Plan B enacted, we saw um, infection rates decline of their own accord. Um, so one would hope that the current resurgence we're seeing in continental Europe is similarly going to uh, uh, drop back. And indeed, there won't be too much... Of a problem in 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 North America and elsewhere um, it remains to be seen but I I, I remain broadly optimistic um, talking of the the, the the trade within the hotel sector uh, there's clear trends come through all of the q3s have had just about all of the q3 um, results out now and what we can say is leisure has returned sometimes it has returned to an extent where it exceeds 2019 levels how sustainable that is because there's some weird factors um sort of supporting this 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 level of leisure um remains to be seen but certainly what we can see is a very uh sharp snapback on leisure corporate travel is also coming back faster than initially anticipated this talk about it taking years is not proving to be the case at least further well i suppose you could call it blue collar but it is wider than blue collar certainly sme type travel there are doubts around uh big corporate travel still and it remains to be seen how quickly that can be thrown off i suspect it's going to be quicker than feared but we'll see um 
Yeah, um, because group, group bookings and meetings bookings seem to be coming back fairly strongly as well, don't they? So. Yeah, I mean, they're still lagging, and mm. uh, it would be wrong to suggest that, you know, um, these are still pretty heavy hits um, yeah. that, 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 that they're reporting in terms of these particular market segments, um, how much they're down. Um, but what we are seeing, they're coming back, and this, you know, at very much at the sort of last minute as well. So it's going to be Q4, Q1, q2 next year before we've got a, 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 a you know a real feel for how this recovery is is shaping up but so far so good and um i think it's uh, you know all the evidence thus far is showing that it is it is stronger than than consensus and a couple of things i picked out were that uh, both Wyndham and choice seem to have uh, brought forward uh, some some smarter tools uh, using technology and um, well uh, in Wyndham's case uh, their app um, is, is delivering a lot of uh, direct business for them and enabling them to tap into a new younger demographic um, at choice it was all about the uh, the fact that they have sharpened up their their mobile enabled management app which means if you're a franchisee of a choice hotel you can you can uh, whip your smartphone out from wherever you are in the world and um, uh, adjust your your room rates according to how things are looking in the last few hours so um things looking like uh, they're finally getting a bit smarter yeah i i mean to be frank um hoteliers have a well hotel brand companies have a lot of catching up to do still with uh, the tech company rivals but hotel brand companies you know have juggle a few more spin a few more plates than the, and a tech company which is purely focused on that online piece so that's not surprising really um but yes i, I would say the gap is closing a bit um between the hotel company tech and the you know dedicated ota um business so i think that we've got a bit of um you know um the the, the gap between those two is is closing but it's it's not insignificant still um and there's a little way to go even on basic stuff like how well the website functions i mean we think we're about to talk about otas chris mm. but um um but but to, to, to jump in there you know quite basically and quickly i mean if you look at something like airbnb it does a very good job of having a very simple website and you think oh this is this is um very easy isn't it but actually hoteliers have really struggled to deliver um if an effective booking experience for their guests and they're still struggling and they still haven't quite got it right mm. i mean they're getting to the point where they're sort of good enough and with the other things that you get through booking direct with your um, ability to choose rooms your ability to use a um your phone as a key which i think they're going to have to give to whichever way you book anyway some of this stuff but it's more seamless with that so i i think that does give them a much stronger shout out there but you know net net what we're seeing is still leisure customers are overwhelmingly preferring to book via otas and they are um going direct um it is you know it is in that business transient the group um, piece which is still very much uh, dominated by hotels direct bookings and i think that will continue to be dominated by that and i think the business guest in particular is the one that our hoteliers are targeting the most um and they really need to raise their game to ensure that they grab though that online booking piece of the the business guest uh, um as we get out of this recovery and as those um, business transient guests start really traveling again um which they are for smes 
beginning to for the bigger corporates but there's still a little way to go i'm um, just talking about the big thing we always uh, witter on about is um, net unit growth um, we're beginning to um, um, see that come back to where everybody's anticipating in marriott's case it was what 3.5 percent um, um, for the q3 um, well the current nug expectation is 3.5 percent wyndham is guiding significantly lower than that 1.5 to 2 percent so there's a bit of a difference there which i find slightly surprising given that um, choice and wyndham um, are in a market segment the economy and mid-scale space which has hugely benefited from the nature of this recovery with sme and blue collar and leisure um, coming back faster these are typically benefiting um, economy hotels and mid-scale hotels particularly those outside of the big city centers it's the luxury properties where Marriott is the, the, the a dominant force in the US um, which have struggled the most partly because of the geographies in the big cities but also the nature of who's coming back to hotels the quickest and, it, and if you look um, at the overall numbers one thing i i did look at which was um, on the choice um, investor presentation which was the franchise the, the amount of hotels which are franchised across the um, u.s portfolio so choice is 100 percent franchised Wyndham 96 percent surprisingly however hilton is 89 percent ahead of ihg which with its holiday inn express and holiday inn you think would be dominant here but that's 87 percent and marriott is um, down down at 76% franchised so Marriott is the bigger manager um, and it has much more exposure to the the upper upscale um, the upscale and I was getting into the real jargon there the upscale and the uh, and the luxury properties um, and it's interesting here in terms of how the recovery is going to play out because what we look at in NUG is just um, room numbers and we're not differentiating whether the room numbers are economy hotels or whether they're luxury hotels but as Marriott said they make 10 times typically 10 times the fees on a luxury hotel compared to one of their economy franchises so clearly a room opening in a luxury hotel is much more valuable than a room opening in in an economy hotel so that NUG doesn't give you the the full story in terms of um, the profitability recovery and arguably Marriott therefore is positioned more strongly it's more leveraged into the upswing if we have this super super strong upswing I mean the one you know it, it's a macroeconomic um, issue how strong this recovery is going to be and as always we've got different um, strands of thought um, about this um, there was a, a report came out by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research who were quite negative they see global growth slowing next year to 4.3 percent and then down to 3.7 percent in 2023 um, and it says risks are on the downside now I think they are overly pessimistic um, there are significantly more optimistic forecasters out there and i hope the more optimistic forecasters are right and if they are right then marriott's luxury is going to be a big winner um, however the resilience of the economy um, properties will prove if the uh, if the recovery doesn't look quite as robust as uh, as we're hoping and the, the economy will be the winners 
And uh, as they say, a rising tide lifts all ships. So uh, let's turn and talk about the uh, OTAs now. And uh, it was smiles all round again at, uh, for the third quarter results at Airbnb, Booking and Expedia, where, the, uh, guess what? Surprise, surprise. Revenues are up um, and booking levels are up and things are looking brighter again for the next uh, um so uh, Airbnb finally they uh, beat their 2019 um, gross booking value uh, by as much as 23%, and finally those uh, shareholders might actually be looking at uh, actually a business that's that's turning a profit. Um, now uh, these obviously these these businesses do benefit from um, uh, strongly leisure oriented uh, demand, and so they should doing very well off the back of the uh, the leisure boom the staycation boom that we've we've seen um airbnb said that their uh, their kind of tool they've added to their website which nudges people to look at, at uh, setting off on a different date to the date they'd planned is working out very well in terms of uh, improving the utilization of the uh, the listings they have so that's great great news for them uh at, at booking they are looking to kind of further streamline their uh, their business um, but again numbers are up and things are looking good Expedia well they seem to be sort of still talking about uh, what they're going to get around to rather than what they've done um, uh, but, but the big potential there is whether they can actually get themselves squared up and get all the different brand loyalty programs that they have united as one that potentially could really catapult uh, their business forward if you've got a, uh, a Verbo account and um, you can be encouraged to earn some points you, booking Verbos and then spend them booking hotels through hotels.com then that potentially could uh, could lead to quite a bit more business for them so um, all doing well but all should be doing well yeah um, and there was a bit of nuance which kind of supports some of the previous narrative about the nature of this recovery in it being rate driven rather than occupancy driven which is quite mm. unusual and points to a faster recovery than usual so um, in Europe at booking holdings for example their gross bookings um, they were down just six percent in Q3 um, compared to where they were in 2019 um, but their average rates were up 10%. Um, 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 so that, that shows, you know, where the uh, recovery is coming from. It's actually a rate-driven thing. It's not a volume-driven thing, um, which does bode well for a, a sharper snap back, snap back of profitability. Um, and indeed, at booking, I mean, you know, that they had an adjusted EBITDA of a whopping 2.1 billion um, in Q3, a margin of 45%. I mean, their business has come back very strongly indeed, and is and is looking very healthy um, one thing that um, still um, confuses me about this whole discussion around Airbnb is quite why it's being lauded by the stock market to the extent it is um, and it, you know it is the most valuable dedicated um, hotel um, or a short-term accommodation player um, that is listed on any stock market it has um, a, a market cap and um, it's gone up it's now um, as of when we're doing this podcast um, on Wednesday the 10th of November 121 billion US dollars <laughs> um, extraordinary um, booking is 107 billion and Marriott the biggest hotel brand company 53 billion so 
you know airbnb is more than twice as valuable as uh, um marriott and significantly more valuable than even booking um how can this know, be it's a puzzle yeah. to me yeah it was, it's a puzzle because you know essentially airbnb is a private you know is a private rentals hmm. business and that the overall market there is a quarter of the size of hotels um and airbnb is struggling to address hotels in a meaningful way and gave no indication in this set of results that it was going to do anything about that i mean ceo brian chesky i mean he's sort of in, in his very california-esque um um blue sky way <laughs> talks about creating new categories of travel and you know they are but they don't seem to be very big businesses so we're talking about long stays greater than 28 days and it's stuff like temporary housing student housing a relocation well, all of that none kind of, that's of magic stuff, that no one else which does is, <laughs> well, I agree with you, Chris. Um, and and you know he, he's saying, well, it's gone up in in our in in our sales from fourteen percent where it was in Q three twenty nineteen, um, this long stay piece to twenty percent in Q three, but twenty um, percent of you know not a huge amount is 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 an even less amount if you see what i mean so i'm just not sure it's going to turn into that great big um business which um it needs to to justify that huge market cap and you know just to that point you talked about the gross booking volume of um gross booking value of um airbnb in q3 well it was 11.9 billion but booking was 23.7 billion and expedia 18.7 billion so an expedia is a fraction of the market cap of of um airbnb so it's it's a huge Mm. puzzle um um i can't you know i I just can't make sense the the weird thing is uh the fact that jessica goes on about uh attracting more long-stay business uh a lot of uh, a lot of landlords small landlords go to airbnb to earn more by doing short-term lets so yeah 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 i mean and it's yeah no go figure i it, it, it is a weird one and uh i mean there is this kind of hope value in there that they're going to get into these lots of new oh, businesses experiences. what are these new businesses going to be <laughs> well yeah possibly Maybe. but uh, you know as we've talked mm. about previously experiences doesn't look to be all mm. that actually um so far so unless there's a magic way of unlocking it uh, i don't see that airbnb has found that that special key um yet so uh, we're we're waiting um we're waiting to see what the what the magic is going to be but you know as i keep referencing if you look at the tesla share price it has no reference to reality as i can i'm certainly not an automotive analyst but anybody could see that tesla share price is totally (laughs) bonkers and uh, and you know in our space the airbnb share price seems to be bonkers and i think the interesting one is going to be booking because that to me is looking vulnerable um and you know if you look at where expedia is in terms of its uh, market cap and you look at where um, booking is um yes booking is the dominant player but it's not that far ahead of expedia why why is it so much further ahead in terms of how it's rated um question i don't know and i suspect there may be at some stage a re-rating but uh, if i knew when i would be running a hedge fund and not um waffling away on this step podcast. away from the stock market for a moment and talk about accor what they've been up to most recently um, they seem to be making quite a significant play into the Middle East. 
um, getting up to one or two things there, uh, which will certainly help uh, increase their presence on the map. Um, one of those deals is uh, with the new Ennismore division, where they've signed a memorandum of understanding with the um, Tourism Development Fund in Saudi Arabia, and it looks like the pair are planning that uh, the Saudis will uh, back the development of hotels, um, with uh, the Ennismore team advising them on uh, boutique hotel branding, where to build, what to build, and um, and what to call it. Um, so let's uh, hope that all works out for the pair of them. If it works out well for Ennismore, then that could be a kind of a bit of a blueprint for other associations in other parts of the world. Um, because obviously you've got here uh, an interesting um, bunch of people, very creative, lots of interesting brands and ideas that they can throw into a mix. So rather than just have some uh, regular holiday inns and uh, and so on you you get something that's got a bit more pizzazz about it uh, the other thing that's been going on is that um is that Accor has signed a contract to manage the accommodation for the organizers of the uh, soccer world cup next year in qatar um now this is not the only sporty uh link Accor's uh got recently they uh, they've also signed up to support the uh paris olympics in 2024 uh and i think they're also helping that was yeah, a surprise, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? A French French Supports hotel company. French gets, sporting <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yes. yeah, quite. <laughs> and I think they're also helping out with a rugby uh, uh, tour as well. So, um, yeah, obviously yeah, pushing course. quite so, heavily into yeah, the, uh, getting Accor's uh, hands onto onto big events around the globe. Yeah, well, I think this is a good way for Accor to start pushing its uh, loyalty scheme, which is ALL. And ALL stands for, Chris? Uh, pass. Quite. Accor Live Limitless. Okay. Yes, no, it is. I ent it was quite entertaining at the launch of that in, in Berlin a few years ago, running around asking Accor executives <laughs> what it stands for. <laughs> the number that got it wrong. <laughs> Oops. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, I mean, I'd, it's not meaningful these these uh, uh, deals for the World Cup and um, Olympics, um, particularly in terms of revenue numbers. But I think in terms of how they can leverage it marketing-wise, I think it it could be very useful indeed. And certainly the the the, the Saudi deal is interesting too. But um, I'm not sure how much of a blueprint it's going to be, um, given there's not that many places with a kind of depth of pockets that the Saudis have to be fair to to go around building the hotels but uh, it, it, it is nonetheless interesting but um, I wanted to dive back to the stock market I knew you said we we're going to move away from it but I, I just don't understand why Accor is being <clears throat> so beaten up on its share price now I mean you can be a skeptic of Accor but why is Accor it's still 30% below where it was pre-pandemic and you look at other companies like Hilton is 30% above where it was was pre-pandemic pre and yet Accor in many ways if you look at it um, it, it is very much geared towards the sort of recovery we're having it's uh, um, a third of its hotels are mid-scale 40 percent are economy these are the hotels which have performed strongest during the pandemic and are coming back fastest so it's surprising i think that it it's it's not been re-rating re-rated um also i mean it's got a market leading position virtually everywhere in the world with the exception of the us and china um so it's it, it's it's got strong market presence and power which gives it a, a little bit of pricing power um but it 
this all seems to be overlooked by um, um, the stock market investors at the moment who just don't seem to like its share price so I'm I'm um, um, slightly perplexed by that I mean there are issues with Accor I mean you, you've you know you, you could downrate the management team because they have been so um, they've been flinging things at the mm. wall to see what sticks in a sort of almost private equity style and quite a lot hasn't stuck so you could certainly criticize them for that um, but I, I think that's probably a bit overdone actually given that it looks fundamentally a very robust hotel business and has quite interesting things going such as you know it's uh, uh, Ennismore thing um, where it's got sort of two-thirds of that it's got control of that um, and is intent on pushing into that lifestyle space so um, you know how much of it is down to Sebastian Bazan running around saying how difficult the business recovery is going to be <laughs> I don't know we compare that to say Chris etc at Hilton um, where he's running around saying this is the golden age of travel how much is the 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 the, the low price of Accor shares re reflected on that um, decision by the leadership to sort of come out as sort of glass very much half half full rather than the um, Brim, the brewing over glass the, um, that, uh, the, the brimming over yeah. Yeah, yeah so um or yeah, half, half empty, half yeah, empty. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. my analogies muddled up half empty yeah so Bazan is very much half empty and Nasetta is yeah brimming over mm. if not half full yeah well, which may be solved in time it is uh, but meantime let's go on to our uh, no star and five star awards for the week and uh, well we've just been talking about it why, why should we be giving five stars for the recovery the results have, uh, have pointed it out things are generally moving ahead of expectations business is coming back stronger than the pessimists told us it would and all things do look fairly set fair for a decent 2022 for pretty much most of the world yeah yeah i agree and i think most encouraging is so far um there is no real sign of um you know f further lockdowns and we seem to have headed off that particular um threat at the pass um here in the uk and i hope that is the case elsewhere on europe there i mean there's been mutterings that maybe the danes might start locking down again and all sorts of stuff like this but i hope that isn't the case in in europe in continental europe and that they they remain um, stoic and um stick with the 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 liberalizing approach i mean many um, countries haven't liberalized as much as the Brits I mean the Danes have um, so I say the Brits it's mostly the English actually because I think you in Wales have all sorts of um, bonkersness <laughs> going on with uh, you, don't you, you have to have an, a vaccine passport for the so. cinema now don't you um, so but there's always Netflix um, um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's wonderful for the out of home <laughs> hospitality yeah, quite, sector quite. right so um yeah yeah so um but yeah long as we you know can keep steering away from you know what i would regard as excesses like that uh, i think we are set fair and so far broadly and those so stars good. are going to the authorities in amsterdam who've uh, previously uh, indicated they're kind of a bit fed up with having too many tourists well they've now said that no more hotels can be built in the central area and if you want to build them in in the outskirts you're going to have to present a very solid reason why your proposal will actually benefit the local community where you intend to build um so uh, yeah it raises the the whole issue of over tourism again it's something which uh, is i think one of those 
um, threats along with uh, ESG, uh, particularly the environmental piece, but then the broader ESG one as well, which the, the sector is going to have to wrestle with and uh, be more effective at confronting. And uh, um, Amsterdam is, is probably at the extreme edge of this in terms of how they've approached it. I think the more nuanced and sensible way forward has been to sort of open up business hotels business travelers are spending more money and causing less um sort of uh, issues than say the backpacker crowd who who are hanging out and um are getting up to the kind of stuff which um, irritates locals so um the business travelers are liked because they spend more money and um in a rarely crowding out sort of social spaces in cities so um that's a more nuanced approach and um it's sad to see that really amsterdam is even retrenching from and that. on that slightly disappointing note we'll say goodbye for now <laughs>